Hi everybody, thank you so much for checking out our podcast. If you'd like to know more about us or connect with us, then please do go to our church website and we would love to get to know you some more. Here's today's message. We hope it blesses you, encourages and inspires you. Good morning. Um, It's good to be with you today and it's a lovely time of year, isn't it? And spring in Cambridge is amazing because we're surrounded by beautiful plants and trees and flowers and blossom and I've just got some here actually oh oh gosh um yeah here we are some um primroses so I could just maybe just have a look at one of these very beautiful aren't they well quite beautiful and a nice leaf which hmm, quite nice and 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 then some flowers yeah which um hmm, they taste taste quite sweet actually and and so don't try this at home please a safety warning you have to know <laughs> have to know which flowers you're eating but the thing about this is um could you uh, if you if you went home and or you, you are at home well, if you went away and you said to somebody, the speaker at Arbury Road uh, Baptist Church this morning was eating flowers, uh, would they would they believe you? They might think you're mad and they might not believe you. At all. Well, if you said who it was, they might believe you. But if you didn't say, just said somebody and then they they would would not believe you, would they? They wouldn't believe you at all. And so when Jesus rose from the dead and he appeared to his followers and his disciples and they said to each other we've just seen the risen lord and they didn't believe they didn't believe it did they they didn't believe it on the day of resurrection on that resurrection sunday he appeared to five groups of people and we're going to look at the fifth appearance on that day it's here in john chapter 20 and verse 19, John chapter 20 and verse 19. And if you have a Bible, you might want to look this up later. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together and the doors were locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. And if you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. And so the Lord Jesus appeared to his disciples on this resurrection day. First to Mary Magdalene, then to the other women, then to the two on the road to Emmaus, And then to Peter, 
And now to the 10. Thomas wasn't there, nor Judas, of course. The disciples, so this is the fifth appearance on that day. And uh, they, the disciples were, were in fear of the Jews. They were locked in. Jesus had been crucified. Perhaps they would be next. They were scared. They were locked away. And Jesus came and stood among them. We don't know how that happened. He has a resurrection body that um, can eat and drink. And his voice is recognisable to Mary. And yet he comes into this locked room. Maybe, maybe he's transported in the spirit. We, we don't know exactly how this works. But it's the same Lord Jesus. He shows them his hands and his side, and uh, he says, "Come and touch. Come and come and see. It is really, really me." And he says to them, "Peace be with you." He says it twice. In verse 19, peace be with you. In verse 21, peace be with you. And, and that's important because the disciples were in fear and they were scared and they were wondering what's going on and they were shocked and they were still grieving probably because they didn't really believe the women or they didn't believe the two on the road and they were confused and they thought they'd seen some sort of vision and they were in grief still and they never really got it when Jesus told them beforehand what was going to happen. And, uh, and they probably felt guilty as well because they deserted the Lord. And when Jesus says, peace be with you, peace be with you, they know that they are forgiven. They know that they are accepted and loved. They know that it's all true Jesus has risen again from the dead, as he said he would. And the whole story and the whole message of Jesus is validated, so to speak. And they are secure and loved by the Lord. Peace. Peace be with you, peace with God, peace with Jesus, peace with your conscience, peace be with you. And, you know, the two main human needs that there are, are security and significance. And Jesus gives them both. But before he sends them out and before he commissions them and before he says go, he tells them that he loves them. He shows them that they're forgiven. He gives them the hope of eternal life as he is risen himself. And he says, peace be with you. And, it, and it's a repeating pattern. It happens in the Sermon on the Mount when Jesus talks about the birds of the air and do not worry and do not be anxious at the same time as giving them the commands of going the second mile and the third mile and turning the other cheek. He gives them security before he tells them what he, they've got to do. And, and he does it here 
and and it's a wonderful story and it's a wonderful way that he does this and and then he goes on to say in verse 21 peace be with you as the father has sent me i am sending you and and here he gives them the significance he sends them as the father sent me i am sending you he commissions them interestingly um, at the end of each gospel when jesus appears to his followers he gives them a job to do he says he commissions them he says you're my partners i go and in matthew 28 verse 18 all authority on heaven and earth is given unto me and i give it to you and go and make disciples and baptize them here we are let's have a look at it matthew 28 uh, verse 18 all authority on earth and in heaven has been given to me therefore you can have some of it <laughs> therefore go and make disciples of all nations baptize them in the name of the father son and holy spirit teach them to obey everything everything note that that i've commanded you and surely i'm with you always to the very end of the earth and he says again he's with them he's giving them security but he's giving them authority and he's giving them now the significance go on you you are part of this i'm with you go and and do it and and it's interesting because Jesus has a strategy and a plan for reaching the world, but he only began it in his earthly ministry. I mean, when he died on the cross, he said, it is finished. That's true. He said, um, you know, Father, I commit my spirit. It is finished. But when Luke writes the book of Acts, he says, in my first book, my gospel, O Theophilus, I told you about all the things that Jesus began to do and preach and teach. And, and so the book of Acts is Jesus continuing with his work. And the disciples are to continue with the work of Jesus. And that is why he is commissioning them. And that is why he is telling them that they're partners. And, and it's an amazing strategy. Jesus set up a group of three and then 12 and a few more and taught them and trained them and sent them out to heal the sick and cast out demons. And then when he died and rose again, he said, just carry on doing that. Peter, will you just feed my sheep? Will you tend my lambs? Will you feed my sheep? Go and make disciples. And here, if you forgive the sins of others, they're forgiven. And if you don't forgive them, they're not forgiven. It's a similar sort of thing. I'm giving you some authority. You've got to go and be Jesus to people. You are the body of Christ. We are his hands. We are his feet. The Lord has nobody on earth now but us. You are my partners. And normally the Lord, therefore, expects us to carry on his working. I mean, occasionally when we get a complete failure, perhaps, 
and we need a bit of help, he can do it himself. I mean, he did it with Saul of Tarsus on the road to Damascus. He met him with a blinding light and he just converted him to become Paul. And that was quite necessary because, you know, he was persecuting the church and, and that was quite a big problem. Uh, and it's very convincing when somebody who's totally against you turns around and becomes a follower, as, as did Paul. And occasionally with Muslims and other people, we've heard of them having dreams and the Lord meeting them directly and coming to Jesus. But as a rule, it is his church. <laughs> it is you and it is me. It is us that we continue. We carry the message. We are empowered to take the message. And, and, and actually, this is quite strange, really, in verse 22. Uh, receive the Holy Spirit. Well, well, that's not strange. He breathed on them. That's not quite so strange. I mean, God breathed on Adam and breathed his spirit into him. And that's creative uh, act. And, and here, this is a sort of recreative act. Some say it's when they became Christians, really but they couldn't do this on their own, receive the Holy Spirit. But then a sort of mystifying verse, if you forgive sins, they'll be forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they're not forgiven. What an authority the Lord is giving to his followers. And, and for us as well, on the basis of the word of God, when we talk to people when we see people confessing their sins and repenting we can say you are forgiven but equally if they are not uh, confessing their sins or coming to jesus or saying sorry they are not forgiven and jesus gives them that authority just as he gives them the keys to the kingdom, just as he gives his disciples the authority to heal the sick and cast out demons, he even says here, on my authority, I'm giving you some authority, on my, on my basis, because only the Lord can actually forgive, but to be part of it, to forgive sins. And so Jesus, in appearing to his disciples, does so many things his very presence is of course healing but he appears to them for a number of reasons he gives them well first of all he it validates the whole christian message doesn't it you know people have argued against the faith morrison thought he could disprove the resurrection and disproved the faith and found he couldn't and became a Christian. So did Lee Strobel's in the States, funnily enough. And Jesus had said to them in Luke 24, um, quick look, Luke 24 and verse seven, the son of man must be delivered to the hands of sinners, be crucified 
and on the third day be raised again. And that's what happened. And so it's proof, if you like. It is evidence. It is the Christian faith is not just based on this seems a good idea or this is my opinion or I like this. It's based on evidence, historical evidence. And the truth claim is this, that Jesus died and Jesus rose again. And that is either true or it isn't true. And if it's true, it changes everything. It changes everything. And as we read these stories and we find how hard it was for the disciples to get hold of it, we find that we are reading an authentic account of our Lord who died and rose again. And so this is a sort of more objective fact outside of ourselves. It's not just dependent on whether we're feeling religious. It's not just dependent on whether we are brought up in a Christian home. It's something to do with something outside of ourselves that can be looked into and proven, I believe. Very good evidence for the resurrection. And so we have the validation for those disciples of the whole Christian faith. We have the assurance and peace that the Lord gives and the faith that he releases, uh, the power of the Holy Spirit, which begins here and goes on at Pentecost, of course, and the ability to take the kingdom out with healing, forgiveness, um, love, power, all the things, justice, all the things that are part of the kingdom of God are given to the disciples to be to be to be partners to be partners and and interestingly as i said every time in the gospels that the lord commissions his disciples he seems to give them jobs to do as he appears in his resurrection body and say to them you're a part of this <laughs> you're a part of this uh, the lord has started i've started something i've started something I've started running this race and, and here's the baton and it's a relay race and, and you, you carry on. And we carry on and we, we pick up the baton. We pick up the baton of the kingdom and with the Lord's help, we are running the race and sometimes we drop the baton, don't we? Have you ever dropped the baton? Have you ever failed perhaps to witness for Jesus? I think we've all found that there's times that we could have said something or said the wrong thing or couldn't figure out what to say and we drop the baton but the lord says pick the baton up pick up the baton again here's my baton again start running this race again start sharing it uh, start giving opportunities to pray with people or tell them about the good news or particularly tell them about the resurrection, because that's what the disciples did. Paul did it all the time, because, well, he'd met the risen Lord, hadn't he? But his basic message was, Christ is risen. And for us, you know, our message is, Christ is risen. He is risen. When I was at university, I became a Christian. It was so wonderful. I had a, a note on my door, he is risen. 
and my friends looked at it and said, oh, he's got up at last. Oh, he's risen. But it wasn't that. Jesus is risen. Jesus is the Lord. He is, he is risen from the dead. We can, we can tell people it's the proof, it's the validation of Scripture and the Christian faith and all that we believe. And it's a wonderful thing to be a partner in an adventure of spreading the kingdom. And it's a glorious thing when we see lives changed for Jesus. And that's not all. And that's not all. Because as wonderful as this is, and amazing as this book is, it's only a part of the story. Did you know that? John 20 and verse 30. See if I can find it. Same, same page, actually. Not so difficult. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. So, so I've got quite a big Bible here. It's quite, math's quite good, isn't it? Large print. But <laughs> it's only part of the story. It's only a bit of it. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we do thank you that we have recorded for us such amazing stories about your resurrection, how you strategically appeared to the right people at the right time to help them to get on board with following you. And you comforted them and you assured them of your love and you gave them your peace. And you then said, go out. Go out and share this good news. Go and tell others, because surely this is good news. And we have the privilege of being partners, if you like. Every spiritual gift that God may give us is a combination often of God and us together. We need to work at the gifts, whether it's preaching or teaching or loving or mercy or healing or prophecy or whatever gift God gives you. It's a combination of God working and us working and, and he gives us authority. He gives us kingdom authority, Lord, kingdom authority to take the good news out. And, and Lord, we pray that you'll show us how to do that. We pray that we ourselves will be filled with your spirit, maybe even now as we are worshipping you, as we're hearing your word. Lord, we say, please fill us with your spirit. Breathe your Holy Spirit even now. Breathe your Holy Spirit onto us. We receive your spirit also. We also need to be filled with you. We also are part of your purpose and plans. So we receive the spirit as you release your spirit onto us today, that we might take your kingdom, your love, your mercy, and your forgiveness to those around. At school, at college, 
at university, at Adam Brooks, in the home, on the internet. We take your message and your kingdom. Amen.